Crispin here. So in the last message, we wrapped up the Lord's Prayer, but I wanted to still stay in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. And this message is called Living as Part of a Divine Ecosystem. And we are looking at what Jesus continues to say in in Matthew chapter 6 after he gives the Lord's Prayer. But as part of this message, I had a video playing behind me of birds eating bird food. This comes from YouTube. You can Google or put into YouTube uh, bird videos for cats. And I had that playing behind me. So I referenced some things in this thing. And for the listeners out here who can't see what's going on, just know there's a video of birds behind me. All right, let's go to the talk. Thanks for listening. I played a gig Friday night over in uh, Folsom at this place called Giddy Up, which is a pretty hip joint for Folsom, I'm telling you. It's, it's, a, it's a lot hipper than some of the places around here. And, um, but they had a screen right up behind me with a football game on it, so I really thought everybody was just totally into what I was doing. Even getting up and shouting, yes! Anyway, so. <laughs> The birds are going to make sense in a minute, okay? It's not pointless. We, <laughs> we have... Oh, we got an ad. Okay, yeah. Here, let me, let, me, let, me, let me take care of that. I was afraid that was going to happen. YouTube. This is videos for cats. Um, <laughs> you got to... Here, I'll show you how. It's, you got to... Oh, oh, you're getting close. You got it? Okay. No, no, no. Here we go. Watch this. Watch this. You got to do this. We're, we're high tech here at North Shore Vineyard. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, back to the birds. Back to the birds. <laughs> I, yeah, you can pull up videos for cats, and this is eight hours of, of birds. And I've watched it with my cat before. My cat loves it. I don't know why they put videos in for your cats, though. Like, you're, you're just going to leave this on when you go, and your cats are going to... I need some uh, prescription drugs or something, whatever they, whatever they put on the cat channel. <laughs> um, so, so the last few weeks, we've been in a series on prayer. We've been looking at the Lord's Prayer. And we've, I finished up the Lord's Prayer last week, but... We're still going to stay in the chapter that we've been in that contains the Lord's Prayer. And today I want to do something a little different than normal. Um, we, we do this thing here often called, a few times a year called the table, where we come out like on a Tuesday night, we share a meal, and then we will do the practice which call, is, is called Lectio Divina, where we will have a reading from Scripture that we read and, and everybody just listens to it, and then we read it again, and just try to take note of any portions of the passage that stand out that, that we feel may God may be speaking to us out of that passage, and then we have a discussion. Everybody shares what they're getting out of it. And this morning, we're going to do something similar to that. We actually did this passage a few months back in Lectio Divina, 
But this is the passage in which the Lord's Prayer is contained. And today, I just want to read this passage in its entirety. Now, I'm going to be reading out of the message translation by Eugene Peterson. Uh, Peterson passed away last year and is really one of my heroes. Uh, he, he wrote so much on spirituality. He, he wrote like over 30 books. He was a pastor up in Baltimore for about 20 years. Uh, but he was a, an expert in ancient linguistics, and he was quite a poet himself. So he delivered this translation of the Bible that, that really draws out a lot of the nuances and the poetry of the Bible. And because of that, I, I, I just want to go with this one today because I, I think it may hit us in a little bit different way than if you just read uh, NIV or something like that. So I'm going to read this. And today... And I'll offer a little commentary on the sections that we haven't covered at the end of this chapter. But I just, I can't really add much to what Jesus says here. I mean, he's got the message here. And uh, so just listen to it. And you've got, a, you've got the scripture on the back of your bulletin. And if there's any portion in this scripture that really speaks out to you today, just underlie it and, and, and sit, sit with that this week. So this is Matthew 6. This comes from the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' most famous sermon. This is part of it. It's not the whole thing. And I would say, if this was the only chapter of the Bible you had, you've got enough, enough stuff in this chapter to work on for the rest of your life and, and to experience transformation. So I, I'm pretty sure this is my favorite chapter of, of the Bible. So here we go. Jesus speaking. Be especially careful when you are trying to be good so that you don't make a big performance out of it. It might be good theater, but the God who made you won't be applauding. When you do something for someone else, don't call attention to yourself. You've seen them in action, I'm sure. Play actors, I call them. Treating prayer meeting and street corner alike as a stage. Acting compassionate as long as someone is watching. Playing to the crowds. They get applause, true, but that's all they get. When you help someone out, don't think about how it looks. Just do it quietly and unobtrusively. That is the way your God, who conceived you in love, working behind the scenes, helps you out. And when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. Do you think God sits in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense his grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father who you are dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. And with a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best, as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're a blaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. In prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. 
If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. When you practice some appetite-denying discipline to better concentrate on God, don't make a production out of it. It might turn you into a small-time celebrity, but it won't make you a saint. If you go into training inwardly, act normal outwardly. Shampoo and comb your hair, brush your teeth, wash your face. God doesn't require attention-getting devices. He won't overlook what you are doing. He'll reward you well. Don't hoard treasure down here where it gets eaten by moths and corroded by rust, or worse, stolen by burglars. Stockpile treasure in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is is the place you will most want to be and end up being. Your eyes are windows to your body. If you open up your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills with light. If you live squint-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a dank cellar. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. You can't worship two gods at once. Loving one god, you'll end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God and money both. If you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There's far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds. <laughs> Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God. And you count far more to him than birds. Has anyone by fussing in front of a mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion, do you think that it makes all that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop, but have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The tin-messed-dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way God works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked, about what, worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. This is good stuff right there, huh? I don't really feel like I need to say much after that, but kind of what I do. <laughs> There's one portion of this that I really want to kind of jump off of this morning and that's in verse 22 it says your Jesus says your eyes are the windows into your body if you open your eyes and wonder and belief your body fills up with light if you live squint-eyed and greed and distrust your body is a dank cellar if you pull the blinds on your windows what a dark life you will have you know one of the things that stands out to me 
as we've gone through the Lord's Prayer is really how much this is not only a good prayer to pray, it's not only a, a great way to, a pattern to pray, but it gives us the basics of, of spirituality. It gives us the basics of what, how we actually grow. You know, so often we make Christianity just about like, if you do this for God, God's going to give you this and that and all that stuff. Jesus settles us down here, though. He says, look, God knows what you need before you even ask. So you don't even have to come to God with a whole list of everything you want. It's really about coming to God and admitting that you're not God. You're part of the creation. You're a beloved part of the creation. You're God's own family. You're his children. And that's what God is trying to get us to do here is to come into relationship with God, to get into a place of humility, a place of trust, a place of loving relationship. If you miss that part, you're not going to experience any transformation in your life. You know, you can, you can work all the prayer formulas and all that, but this is the whole point of everything is that we would live in a place of humility, trust, and love with God. And I love where, where Jesus goes here. He says, your eyes are the windows to your body, or, or some translations put it, the windows of your soul. What does that speak to? It speaks to how we look at things in life, right? You ever, you ever just get to where you, you're, you're working on a project or something in your life, and it's, it's just, you feel like you're beating your head up against the wall, you're trying to figure something out, and the more you try, the more complicated it gets, and you just pretty soon you're all wound up. It's keeping you up at night, and you can't see anything else. You ever been there? And sometimes the least intuitive thing for us to do at that moment is to push pause, to step away from it. And yet, sometimes by stepping away from the problems... And just going outside and looking at the birds, looking at the flowers, looking at the ocean, walking in the woods. Sometimes that's the very thing that we need to do. You know, we did a song in worship this morning called It Will Be All Right. I wrote that song back in 2013. And I was really worried how I was going to pay the bills. We had some bills come up that we weren't expecting. And savings kept drip, you know, going down each month. And we were in a place where we like, I didn't know how we were going to make it. And I, I, I was getting stressed and anxious about the future. Trying to figure things out. And all of a sudden I felt the spirit remind me of this passage of Jesus. And I read it and I said, you know, I'm going to stop worrying about this. I'm going to go outside in my backyard. And we got a little bird feeder in our backyard and we got quail and pheasants and bluebirds and blue jays and cardinals and robins and finches and sparrows and all kinds of birds I don't even know the names of. We even got a hummingbird feeder. And it is, it is quite a thing to watch. I used to, I mean, I still like watching National Geographic uh, movie, you know, nature documentaries. I, I still love that. But honestly, since I've been living in Avita Springs, like I don't find that I watch nature stuff that much because I just go out in my backyard. <laughs> but it's amazing. The day that I wrote that song, I just went out into my backyard for 30 minutes or an hour and I just sat there quietly and paid attention. 
I took Jesus' advice. Instead of worrying, go outside and look at the birds. Look at how God takes care of the birds. Look at the flowers. Look how beautiful they are. And know that you mean more to God than the birds and the flower. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches over me. And so after sitting out there, I picked up my guitar and I wrote the words that we sang this morning. Why do I worry about tomorrow when all I got is this day? Why am I anxious about the clothes that I wear and where it is I will stay? I remember that my life is held in your hands and you never let me go. So when anxieties come to take life from me, I get still and know that you won't let go. I look at the flowers, I look at the fields, the splendor and beauty of the world in your care, the birds and the trees and their song fills the sky, and I know it will be all right. It's so hard to live in this moment when worries keep calling my name, but why do I fear when your presence is near, keeping me safe all the way? I don't have to fear for the future or seek treasures that rust and decay, for your love remains through the joy and the pain, and you give me what I need today. I look at the flowers, I look at the fields, the splendor and beauty of the world in your care, the birds and the trees, and their song fills the sky. And I know it will be all right. That was a turning point for me that day. Because <laughs> all of a sudden, by going outside, I realized something. And it always happens to me when I just go outside and get quiet and start paying attention. It's not just like going outside. It's like, actually, like, pay attention to what's going on around you. You know, in my backyard, every time I just go out there and sit and look at the squirrels, and the, I mean, it's, it's, like a, it's like a little nature preserve out there. You know, we've got the squirrels, we've got the, the birds, we've even got a turtle that lives in our backyard somewhere. I don't know where he makes his abode. We had a king snake there a few weeks back. But at night... My favorite time to sit out there in the evening when the sun, goes, sun is going down and just watch the different woodland creatures come out. We got the possums and the raccoons and we got the uh, armadillos. It's a beautiful little ecosystem out there in my backyard. And here's the thing about an ecosystem whether it's in your backyard or in the swamps or in the mountains, the way an ecosystem works is every, everything in that ecosystem is in a relationship with everything else. It's all connected, and it's all connected in a, in a way of giving and taking. So in my backyard, I've got trees, I've got plants and grass that they take in the sun's light, and through photosynthesis, photosynthesis they convert it, the sun's light into energy. They take in carbon dioxide and turn it into oxygen that we breathe. But even the trees and the plants themselves, they're in a symbiotic relationship with uh, other life forms underneath the soil. I read, a, man, there's a fascinating book I read a couple of years ago called The Hidden Life of Trees by a German forester who worked for decades in the old growth forest in Germany. And... He said some crazy things about trees that I didn't know. That, that underneath the soil, 
you've got these fungal networks of mycelium. You know, we see mushrooms pop up, but that's really the, just the tip of the iceberg with fungus. They, this, these, these interconnected mycelium that, that's like a worldwide web of fungus underneath the surface. And, and the, the fungus has a, a, relation, a symbiotic relationship with the trees because the, the fungus can't produce through photosynthesis. It lives in the dark. And it needs sugars the same way that trees do. So the trees give the fungus sugars. The fungus take the minerals out of the soil and give it back to the trees. In fact, the mycelium underneath the surface helps the trees to communicate with each other. Trees communicate with each other, people. It's crazy. It's crazy. This guy was saying, he says... If you've got some kind of animal that begins like to, to like say a giraffe, you're in, in the Serengeti in Africa, and the giraffe is eating the leaves of this tree over here. As soon as that tree leaf starts getting eaten, that tree is going to start producing a chemical that makes its leaves taste bitter, and then it's going to warn the other trees a hundred yards down through chemicals that a predator's there. All the trees start making their their leaves taste bitter. And then beyond the mycelium, the fungus in the soil that, that helps the trees communicate, supplies things that the trees can't provide for themselves. The, and, and, and this is a crazy thing too. Even when a tree gets sick, the other trees in that community will begin sending resources that way through the fungal networks on the bottom. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> And then, not only do you have the fungal networks, you've got all these other critters in the soil, like earthworms and different insects that, that burrow underground. And you've got, at a microscopic level, you've got bacteria and all kind of little microscopic creatures that break down the decaying plants and, and, and animals and decaying matter and turn it back into soil. And this is all in my backyard. How cool is that? And if you took one of the leaves from one of these trees and you put it under a microscope, you'd see there's a whole other little ecosystem just on that leaf. Wow. And guess what? You and me, we're a part of that ecosystem. See, we think as humans, we, we, we're so detached from nature, we think that, that we're not really a part of the natural ecosystem. No, we are. <laughs> And in a sense, I think this is kind of uh, what, what Jesus is getting at. Open up your eyes. Stop living squint-eyed and greed and distrust. Stop, stop being so focused on just the little things right in front of you. Step outside. Look at the birds. Look at the trees. Look at the flowers. We all right? It's, okay. kind of punctuating what I'm saying. <laughs> See, I think the realization that I get every time I go out in nature and I just get quiet and I start to pay attention and just start to notice what's going on, I, I realize that I'm a part of God's divine ecosystem and that I'm called to operate in the ecosystem the same way Everything else works in the ecosystem. I'm called to give, to give my own unique gifts, to give what God has put in me, but I'm also called to receive. And here's the deal. If, if, if all you do is give, 
you're going to get depleted. You're going to get burned out. If all you do is give to other people and you don't get filled back up, you're, you're going to, you're, that's not healthy. It's not sustainable. If all you do is take, you're just going to get fat and happy or not happy eventually. You know, you're just going to take in and we were created to give and to receive. And I think this is something that Paul hits on even in the book of First Corinthians when he refers to the to, to the church as the body of Christ. You know, the main point in First Corinthians that Paul has to make over and over again is they're dividing over all kinds of silly stuff. They're dividing over who's their favorite preacher. You know, we follow Joel Osteen. Well, we follow Rob Bell. Well, we follow... They're dividing over spiritual gifts. Some people are really into speaking in tongues. Some people are really into prophecy. Some people are into other. They're dividing over that. They're dividing between the classes, the rich and the poor. They're dividing over the food you can eat. They're, they're got no, and, and Paul says the body of Christ is not divided. If, if, you're, if you're divided from one another and, and going into groups, you're actually, it, it's like if one part of your body refused to work, you know? You can get a sprained ankle. That's not a life-threatening injury, but it affects your whole body, right? It makes things more difficult. And in the same way, I think when we go outside, when we pay attention to God's good creation, and we find our place in that, we let creation testify to us of of the goodness of God, our view begins to shift. See, when I wrote that song that day, and it was back in the fall of 2013, I wrote that song that day. The problem that I have when I get into a place of anxiety or depression, my whole world just shrinks down. It just shrinks down. I can't see anything else. I become obsessed with this one thing right in front of me, and, and, and you just feel like this thing, you give it so much power. Like, if this thing doesn't work out, it's the end of the world. It's not the end of the world, but it feels like it. When you step outside, you feel the peace of God begin to set, settle upon you. You're a part of this ecosystem, and all you can do is give and receive. Give and receive. Your eyes are the windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. If you live squint-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a dank cellar. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. See, I really think that what Jesus wants us to do is be people who can walk around and we can see God everywhere. We, we, we have a bigger view of God. That, that the same God that's in here... He's in the green room on a Friday night. The same God that's in here, <laughs> or, or Hortons, uh, as, they, as they change the name. The same God that's in here, same God that's out there. He's in your job. He's in other people that you may not even like. God's at work in them too. And this is where, I got to tell you, this is where Christianity got a whole lot more fun for me. A whole more, lot more engaging because in my first few years of Christian, I was a part of a church and, and we really felt like we were the only ones who had it all figured out. We weren't sure that Catholics were going to heaven or Baptists or Pentecostals, but our group was chosen, you know. We had it all figured out. And so I could only see God working in that group. 
What a beautiful thing when I came to realize God is at work all over the world in all people at all times. And if I just pay attention the same way that I paid attention when I sat out in my backyard, if I just start walking around with eyes expecting to see God, I see God all the time. I see him in people. I hear him in songs. I behold his beauty in creation. So your homework this week, go outside. Look at some birds. Go outside. Look at some flowers. Just sit. Put your phone up. You ain't even got to take a picture of the flowers you see. (laughs) If a flower is beautiful and it's not posted on Instagram, is it really beautiful? (laughs) Just... Go out and relax and realize that you are a part of God's good creation and let that reality change your perspective. Why don't you stand up? Right on time. Well, Lord, I just pray that even as we've looked at these words of your Jesus, that you would free us from our narrow way of seeing. Lord, you would free us from the obsession with whatever is making us anxious, Lord, that God, even though it may seem counterintuitive to just press pause and go outside, Lord, Lord, that you would help us to have an encounter with you in your wonderful creation, Lord, that we would know that Lord, even though we, we, we may not be able to come up with some solution for whatever's in front of us, Lord, that we would move into a place of trust, a place of humility, a place of knowing that you love us more than we know and that you care for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, all right, y'all. That's it. God bless. Go saints. We just need a miracle. See y'all next week.